Hello, and welcome to some Derps Talk About Games. I'm your co-host, Mango. And I am your co-host, Buddy. And today we're going to talk about League of Legends and Good Skill and Bad Skill. But before we do that, Buddy, why don't you tell the folks at home what we do on this podcast? Well, it is remarkably simple because we just like to talk about games. Um, but yeah, we're going to talk about uh, Good Skill and Bad Skill. And, th- you know, like, I feel like this is... This is something that people don't think about all that much uh, in a certain sense. And I feel like, uh, you know, anytime, let's say, good skill is introduced and bad skill is taken away, uh, people really have a hard time reading, you know, kind of one from the other. And uh, it always, I guess it always just seems uh, as a jumping off point that all skill, more skill is good skill. Um, I don't know. Is that the perception that you have? Uh, I think that's generally the case in a, in a lot of in a lot of cases. I think a lot of communities think um, that more good skill is is bad skill, um, and uh, I, I think to lead it off, we should probably explain what kind of the uh, the genesis of this conversation is. Fair uh, enough. And that's that. Um, it, it's not released yet, but in the leaked patch notes for the LOL six point three patch, um, they have. Uh, right now, Alistar has an interaction with his W and his Q. His W is a knockback, and his Q is a knockup. Um, and if you time it right, you can interrupt the knockback on the W with a knockup on the Q and get essentially uh, what's been called a mini Malphite alt. Essentially, you dash to them and knock them up, which is very useful uh, from a crowd control capability. And if you screw it up, the guy just goes flying backwards and you kind of waste a cooldown on your Q. Um and uh, so this, this has a certain amount of mechanical execution component to it. Um, and in the newest patch, they are changing it so that you can just buffer the queue and it will essentially automatically go off um, or it will automatically go off as expected um, when um, when you attempt the attempt. So you don't have to have that much mechanical skill. Um, did I miss anything there? No, that's uh, that's basically it. Yeah, the the Star thing is kind of famously a bug that turned into a feature. Uh, it was more or less discovered when uh, when a bunch of Korean players uh, were playing at super high pings, and somehow their like inputs of you know uh, W's and Q's on Alistar created the combo, and people realized that you know you could do it uh, as an initiation maneuver. Um, then uh, it was kind of acknowledged by the devs at the time, and they basically said, like, yeah, it's it's a bug. We didn't intend it to be that way, but, you know, it's it's something that separates uh, the good Alistars from the great Alistars uh, would be the meme version of this, because that's what they always say about that kind of stuff. Uh, and I do think that the change itself is... Kind of, it, it's interesting because it really highlights a difference in... Uh, league champion design and balance and stuff that has been running kind of throughout the past two years. Uh, it feels like where, wherein like those kinds of interactions are decreased and, um, more, more straightforward, more intuitive interactions are increased. Yeah. They they have been steadily eliminating this kind of need for, um, specific timing to get certain combos off. And I, I, at the very least, I think you can't say that it's anything but consistent. Um, even even if you you hold a poor opinion of on on the maneuver in general, 
Um, this is definitely in line with what Riot's been doing for the past, uh, like you said, two, two or so years. Um, but I, I think that um, both you and I are both of the opinion that this, this, is, this is a good change because um, that kind of interaction is an example of, of, of bad skill, which, which I think to kind of broadly define it is um, kind of skill for skill's sake, unnecessary complication and execution barrier to make things um, essentially, I, I, I would say more complicated than need be. Is, is, do you think that's fair? Um, I actually think that it kind of comes down to a intuition standpoint, um, where like, I feel as though intuitive combos, uh, an intuitive skill that like is discernible, um, and you can, and, and, and like makes, you know what I mean? Like that, that is where it's important. That's where it kind of, um, comes into play and the the alistar combo is very unintuitive from that perspective i think um in the same way that you know like other champions are 100 percent part of this um you know riven is all about animation canceling for instance and so it's a very unintuitive skill to know how to animation cancel in order to like get your you know empowered attacks off on riven but that's the way that you play you know what i mean like that's the way that riven is played um because kind because basically because a super high echelon of players figured out this animation canceling stuff and she's been nerfed into the ground over and over and over and over again for the past four years um but it's the same kind of thing right um rengar had we actually talked about this rengar interaction before and they patched it out since then yeah. where when rengar was mid jump he could throw his bolas uh to guarantee a zero cast time snare um and they patched that out, you know, like, he has, he has a cast time now. Um, old Kha'Zix was this way, where you could cancel the cast time on the, the spikes by casting them while, while you are in the process of jumping. Um, and, you know, honestly, that Kha'Zix one, people still want it back from Riot. You know what I mean? They, they still are, are asking it for it to come back. Well, they, they've actually brought it back in kind of the same way that they're doing it for uh, Alistar's combo, and that you can... Buffer one of his alt or the void spikes to cast instantly when he lands. Yeah, um, but that's different uh, because the 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 advantage to it was casting the spikes um, without the cast time. Yeah, you, fair you still have yeah, you yeah. still have the cast time. It's just and so and so. I think removing these kinds of things from league are um, are you know it's, it's all just good design. And I also think um, that it's good design because I feel like high skill champions in League of Legends um, need to be thoughtful rather than uh you know what i mean like i this is kind of like a half-formed thought in the first place so i'm not really sure where yeah but like in the sense of like you're saying like because because azir is a very high skill champion but um the the only thing that the only thing you can even say that's like non-intuitive about him is the sharima shuffle um and they actually patch that to make it easier to do yeah, um, and, the and, even, shuffle and being... even the Sharima Shuffle, um, which for un, un, you know, the uninitiated is um, Azir uh, has a move that pushes everyone that pushes enemies back, and so if Azir gets behind you, you know what I mean, uh, he can push you into the enemy t- into his own team uh, as a way to kind of split teams up, and and but that makes a lot of sense. I, I thought, in the wait, context wait, 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 of... I thought the shuffle was when you. 
moved your your soldier while you were dashing to it. I think is that the streamish? I thought that was the I thought that was the, his version of the insect kick. Um, but terminology aside, I was I was talking about yeah. So yeah, I either one. These are yeah. These are both the same thing, and this makes a lot of sense for Azir because his whole thing is about positioning, right? The high skill cap to Azir comes out from positioning. Uh, in the same way that the high skill cap for Yasuo, you know, uh, comes out to minions allow you to dash at, you know, 425 units, uh, but you can only dash to one of one minion every every six seconds and the cooldown is 0.1 seconds. You know what I mean? Like that, you know, that's a hard thing for Yasuo players to master, right? Um, timing, timing your ultimate um, to extend the full duration of a knockup is a hard thing for Yasuo players to match master. Um, hitting your wind walls appropriate, you know what I mean? Like these are all, but they're they're all very intuitive things, right? Um, I don't think anyone, I don't really think anybody goes up against Yasuo uh, and dies and then goes, "How on earth did that happen?" Because it, it's incomprehensible. If they they say how on earth did that happen because they're really mad that Yasuo is a balanced champion. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> I, I, I think uh, you know you jabs aside. Um, I you know he may or may not be my favorite champion. Uh, I neither I confirm nor deny. Uh, you know, my as, own as, for Yasuo. <laughs> as as one of our uh, our, our favorite uh, content creators said, um, you know, there might be a family of baby men out there who who cry every time they get. Altered by Yasuo. But uh, just to comment on that, I think that actually um, the thing you talked about, which is optimizing knockup time with Yasuo's ult, I think that's actually something that's very much on the edge of uh, of this kind of good skill, bad skill divide, because it requires like a, a bit of forethought that, while not necessarily bad, I think you could make a very strong case for, you know, that kind of optimization is not something that you need to ask the player to do it's not it, it's more of a knowledge thing than it is a like a skillful thing if that makes sense um see because man this, I, I don't I, mean, I guess I just don't agree with that okay I, I, I think to kind of give this context I'm gonna give you my personal kind of hill to die on um example of bad skill that I think is 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 the absolute worst and that is in dota 2. Um, and Dota 1, um, there is this item called the Blink Dagger. And the Blink Dagger lets you, um, in, in law terms, flash. It lets you blink a certain uh, distance ahead. And in Dota 1, due to a, uh, it was either a bug or like a limitation of the engine, if you, uh, it had a blink range of, um, I think it was 600, the numbers are unimportant, but it had a blink range of, say, 600. And if you clicked greater than that 600 range, you would only blink 400 units. Um, and this this is, you know, something... This is like a knowledge thing. And famously, in Dota 2, they have preserved that behavior, um, which they didn't need to. They preserved that behavior because it is the behavior in Dota 1. And to me, that is the epitome of something that really doesn't matter. And getting that extra 200 range out of knowing what 600 units looks like is something that, to me at least... Uh, seems like completely, completely unnecessary amount of, of burden of knowledge on the player. Can can you explain what that means? Uh, like how how do how does one? So you know how like um, 
like does it bring up a cast circle? But the it cast doesn't. There are no cast form. circles in there. There are like, no range indicators in Dota. So if you let's so, but that, that's a good example, right? Like if you if it were to bring up a cast circle. Oh, it, oh, I, I think I see it. If right? you click so if outside I click of that range, six hundred, it's going to go four hundred units. Yeah, but if I click five ninety nine, it's going to go five ninety nine units. Yes. Okay, yes. that makes sense. I understand now. Wow, that's so dumb. God, Dota two makes these terrible decisions. Uh, yeah, well, the, they are decisions based around the community because the community wanted things to be, has wanted everything to be exactly the same as Dota One for for a long time because I don't know that's the way it goes. Um, but that that's always kind of my my go to example of something that seems very very stupid and narrow and short sighted that 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 aggravates me. And um, like I said, I don't think Yasuo's ult is that bad by any means, but I think that kind of optimization to increase to like hit the end of the, uh, uh, or the, um, what's it, the, the optimal knock-up time, that kind of feels like something that's like, well, you, you could just make the ult behave so that when you hit the button, it, it, uh, it jumps to the, it, or it starts the animation when the knock-up's about to end, or some such. Um, again, not, 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 like I said, it, it skirts that kind of edge as to, as to what's necessary and, and what's not in my mind. Um, yeah, I mean... I guess I understand. Uh, the I think I think it's clear enough, uh, sort of from. I don't know. I I, I don't really know how I feel about it. it. It always struck me as that kind of good skill thing, but I don't know if I'm just biased because. Uh, sure. I mean, do you want to make the case for it, right? Skill. Well, the, so the case the case for it is um that it's discerning like you can see the difference right um because when you play you know when you play a lot of yasuo you get you get kind of like rhythms in your head almost um how long these not you know it's it's the same with lots of champions that have cc but it's a little bit tougher because you know yasuo yasuo cc is always the exact same amount of time no matter what level it is right but if i'm a level one poppy and i stun you into a wall that's a one second stun if i'm a level 13 poppy i stun you into a wall that's a two second stun and you know it, it, it incrementally increases right so you don't have as much of like you don't get the timings down as much as you do um, with someone like Yasuo, who his knockup is forever going to be one second, and the ultimate is forever going to be one second. Um, and I think that those, I think that they just, uh, they, they kind of like get in your head and you get the cadence of it. Um, for instance, I also think it does some some things like Yasuo, Yasuo's ult not having a cast time um, is really important to me because I think that his ability to instantly, you know, dash to someone in the middle of a team fight, right. Uh, or to get out, you know, this is what, this is what allows the, these sick hardcore Yasuo plays to happen. And like, if there was a buffer that said, you know, you have to wait until the knockup would otherwise expire, um, or Yasuo hovers there for it. You know what I mean? Like, what okay, happens I if I click saying. Yasuo I... ult on a Malphite ult? Does that mean Yasuo hovers in the air for 2.5 seconds? That's weird to me. That's yeah, no, I, I think that makes sense. But I, I think that arguments more, in ter- I, I guess, in the line of um, that aspect of skill is a um, is a consequence of having the be- the ability otherwise behave intuitively rather than something that's that, so that ability, so so what you're saying is then that, that timing isn't there for like it's not designed there for the for that skill sake. It's a level of skill that you can add to it, which comes as a consequence 
of the ability needing to behave in this instantaneous fashion. Is that fair? Yeah, yeah that would be uh, that would be a good way to characterize it. Okay, I, I think that's fair. I think I can agree with that. Um, the other thing I think, uh, you know, I, I think Yasuo is a very high skill cap champion for other reasons. But another another instance of this um, might be someone like uh, Zed. Um, I don't think Zed shadows and the speed of the shadow, you know, like all of that stuff um, is necessarily like the most intuitive. It's something that you learn. And so intuition probably, I, as I go back and correct 15 minutes ago, buddy, um, intuition probably is a poor way to think about it, right? Like some of these are skills that you have to build up over time, right? Like I have to build up over time my sh- like my understanding of my shadows on Zed. I have to build up over time, you know, like my, my focus on uh, catching axes as Draven. Uh, I have to build up over time, you know, uh, my... Uh, uh, positioning on uh azir so that i'm constantly within range of my soldiers but not in range to get just like absolutely marked by the rest of the team and i think those are you know those are also really important expressions of high skill caps especially in league of legends where high skill cap champions tend to be that you know that thing yeah no i i think that's i think that's very fair i think that's something that riots talked a lot about is especially with um with with the ladies kind of Round. Uh, they, I don't know if you saw, but they released a blog post on their design values for new champions. It's like, I did see that. Um, and, and you know, an emphasis on kind of having um, a variety of skill levels and champions. That way, people who are not as mechanically skilled can still um, effectively p- participate. Is what I'm going to say. Is what I'm going to call to it. Be honest, I don't I mean actually, that sound patronizing. Yeah. But. Well, I don't necessarily disagree uh, to a certain extent. Um, Having the last all of the champions over the last two years be higher than the average skill cap, uh, except for one who I had a hard time. Uh, I would have to like look at the list again to be like it's it's Brom. Oh yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, Brom makes sense. Um, but even so, um, I kind of do think that uh, a lot of the I, like if if I was Riot, I would be reworking a lot of these older champions down in skill level. Um, which I think has kind of happened. I think New Poppy is pretty straightforward. Um, she's not the toughest champion in the world. Um, Rise is the usual clusterfuck. Uh, I hope they do rework him again because I really hate Rise in his current iteration. Um, oh, really? What, what, what do you what do you hate about Rise? I think they're I think they're literally doing exactly what we are kind of talking about, where they're trying to maintain this weird fantasy that uh that rise got because people were so okay so this this story time original rise gets um he gets uh reduction on his remaining cooldowns every time he casts a spell right so when you're playing rise you get into these kinds of machine gunning rotations of um you know it used to be uh, Q, W, Q, E, Q, R, Q, W, Q, E, Q, right? You could do that full combo, and each second you would have a new spell to, like, to cast, um, and you could root somebody place. And I was, I really enjoyed this kind of Rise. But the thing is, is that was Rise built as a mage, um, and cooldown reduction and mana became so good on him that you got to 40% CDR and you were just like machine gunning super, super hard and it was really obtrusive. Um, And so he got nerfed and changed and nerfed and buffed and changed and they've changed him twice since then. Um, 
And I just think that this inter- this interaction that they have, the either his abilities, it doesn't make sense for the context of his abilities, for the context of his ultimate and his snare. Uh, you know, just like it doesn't, it just doesn't make sense in the current iteration of rides. It's too difficult. It's too hard. And this is a four hundred and fifty, uh, you know, IP champion that you play in the tutorial. So like, I you know. That that just seems so strange to me that they keep reworking him to try and be this, um, that that machine gun mage that we saw two years ago, uh, when that is kind of opposite his price point, uh, and it's opposite what you know his his status in the tutorial. Okay, um, but but so let's say that, like you think there's a problem with that value? like he's four fifty RP be, or, or IP rather because even if. Even if they did significant work on him, increasing the IP, I think, is kind of like a, something that they never want to do. I don't think they ever want to re- increase the IP of a champion. And so, so you think the, the right choice is just kind of abandon ship on that concept for Rise and re- put Rise into some simpler position and then release, like, lies rises brother to fulfill that fantasy at full price yeah and i also i think that would be the right call i also think it's the right call and this is very rise specific stuff i also think it's the right call for rise because he has a couple of just bad interactions in general um because he scales off of mana and cdr so well uh mana and cdr items are tank items um and so rise gets a lot of mileage out of frozen heart for instance which makes him unduly tanky um as a as a mage and eventually he was balanced around this um Um, But I think that that machine gun mage uh, is cool. You know what I mean? I think it should just be, you know, it should be something more like Lux, you know, a traditional actual mage uh, rather than Okay. You know, like. So so I see what you're saying is that what you want to essentially want to split the the like get scalings off of mana and the machine gun mage concept into two separate heroes yeah i think get scalings off okay. of mana is okay to be honest i think it's a great idea for a tank uh you know singed sure. has a bunch of it i think honestly i think like the perfect iteration of singed has his poison scale off of his mana uh and his flip scale off of his mana as damage um because i really like the idea of singed being uh because his passive does it you know uh, and so i like that idea and i kind of always hate like the the how Singed wants you to build AP on him. I think that's weirdly, that's just a weird uh, thing. But these, these are all just kind of like my pie in the sky, like how I would redesign X-Champion. Uh, but yeah, I think Rise, that he needs he needs those identities split apart. I mean, they made the Machine Gun Mage. That's what Cassiopeia is. Um, right. And I think she's a great version of it. Um, she's also, you know, a very high skill cap champion because, you know, you have to... Managing cast times and kind of uh, and hitting your ground based skill shots um, on Cassiopeia is like like her uh, you know that's her skill and so um, I don't know I mean, yeah that's 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 how I feel about things no that's that, that's that's definitely fair um, uh, I don't remember what brought us onto this rise specific. Uh, uh, just that I was suggesting that newer champions, uh, like champions that are coming out, should probably be higher on the on like you know they should be higher skill skill cap champions uh, compared to older champions who are naturally cheaper who should be lower. Um, you know I can't really think of uh, I would have to like look at the list of uh, you know who's thirteen fifty who's you know kind of whatever to uh, really parse it out, but um, I do think that. I you know I like that Ash is an easy champion. You know, 
She's like, even like Sivir, you know, Sivir got reworked, but she still stayed an easy champion. Um, and I think that kind of stuff is good, like overall, uh, because those are the, you know, those are the beginning of champions. I also, to be honest, I think that they should release champions. They'll never do this, but if, it, like, my hypothetical situation would say they would release champions keyed to an IP based on their skill level, right? I think Caitlyn should be a 450 IP champion too, um, but because she got released, however the you know however long ago, she's 4800. Um, and I and I like the idea of Blue Kong, the top the new easy top laner coming out and he just comes out at 450 ip because that's his that's his ip level like uh, i mean that is completely unrelated it's not that's not a business thing that's just like a game design yeah, thing but yeah I, I think i think there's other issues there which are things like if you kind of say like well this is supposed to be an easy champion at 450 you encourage people in games to be like hey you're playing an easy champion get good scrub this takes no skill no skill at all to play the 450 rp champ or ip <sighs> champion I don't know that I agree with that though, because that, that to me that's I mean, that, a, you know that, 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 that's that, a, that's, that's, that's somebody I'm, being a dick. You know what I mean? People right, can be but dicks that, that, that's for obviously a problem in the community, right? Like you you want to you want to manage like that's the, there is a man named named Jeffrey Lin whose entire job is to try and avoid these issues, um, and uh, you know again it's kind of tangential, but I I think that those are. Those kind of perceptions are legitimate concerns. And, and while I see your point about tying it to IP as kind of like a signaling device where it's kind of like a, a player-friendly way to, to, to indicate these things, I think also has the, the potential to cause to, to, to cause toxicity in the community, which is I don't think it causes any more to... toxicity than somebody playing Jin in Ranked the week he comes out. You know what I mean? Or, like, you know, somebody playing Callista and failing at it. That person is... I mean, that the, the person who plays Callista and fails at it is way more likely to get flamed than the person who plays the easy new champion and succeeds on it. You know what I mean? Like, well, that, that, the, I, I just don't... I don't think that... Hypothetically, the, 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 that argument makes sense of, to me. It's like, just I don't think that that's what... Uh, the, you know, I don't think that's what the community responds to. No, but you're talking about, like, a, a like you know, more likely to. That's, that's like, the fact that one is more likely to cause toxicity than another doesn't mean that we shouldn't be trying to reduce toxicity in, in, in all forms. Yeah, but I think, that... I think going at toxicity by the indirect means of good game design seems that's, I, 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 don't, I don't like that. I think that's not good. Mm. You know what I, I mean? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I also, I also don't know if I agree with you that like easy champions should all be priced at four fifty, four fifty IP. Like, I, I don't think the the champion like there is a a little description in the if you go to the champion description, there's a little bar that tells you theoretically how difficult this champion is. Guy goes from like very small to very large, um, and I think that's a much better. Like, I, I don't think you need to tie the champion cost to to the. Uh, to, to the skill level that way. Uh, you don't necessarily need to, but it makes onboarding way easier. Because it means that a, a new player who doesn't have any IP can get a bunch of champions and they're all right for his skill level. Right, Instead but that, that, player... that, that already exists, right? Like, there's there's already ten champions that exist that are theoretically at, at, at that point. Right? Like, I, I think most of the champions at the 450 level are already there, the 450, 1350 level. Or, or, or that kind of... Yeah, sure. But, I mean, that, I also think that when they release, you know, Wukong is my this kind of this go-to example. Right. Um, 
But, you know, like, when they release a new champion who is just a ridiculously easy champion, he should also kind of be on that level. Right, um, but, but you really just haven't justified like, what, why we why the price point needs to reflect that. What 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 the price point has anything to do with the skill level of, of a champion? Because more variety. Because uh, be, be, even even though there are already ten, right? Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that you know that t- having more variety down there uh, for newer players is fine, right? And so, in a world where that's business like business viable, uh, in order to release champions at 450 rather than releasing champions at 7800 um i think that it's better to it's better to completely tie ip costs to difficulty costs uh, or difficulty level because the new player is go- should focus on 450 champions before they focus on harder champions right and so uh releasing a low difficulty champion at the same price point at all of these high difficulty champions is just confusing and kind of muddling from that like design goal i don't think i agree with you on that but i don't think we're, we're gonna be able to like i mean it's really honestly a moot point because this is yeah i'm just i'm just talking about it in the in the context of like if i'm if i'm talking as a game designer about the metagame with which things are priced right uh about the iprp you know uh uh earning like that that whole metagame uh that's one of the changes i would make along with removing runes because those are fucking oh, stupid. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, you know I, I yeah I, I would remove runes um i think i think i'm fine with masteries at being at the point that they're at um but i would oh you don't like masteries? masteries i don't like their scaling i don't like that they scale up uh, I think that's just, uh, you know, it's it's very clear that they looked at like kind of World of Warcraft when they made the masteries this way. But uh, I kind of Gee, feel like you think, yeah, I must follow the exact same design path as World of Warcraft masteries. Yeah, I'm, ju- I'm just saying that uh, you know, I mean, World of Warcraft has designed out of it. You know what I mean? Like they they have um, kind of sworn off that uh, as well. And I think that um, I think that League would do well to follow that that path um, I, I i think they're almost there i think it's a matter of essentially taking out those those middle those middle mashed or those uh um you know keep, keeping the big decision point ones like you know like keeping the one point masteries and getting rid of the five point masteries is is i think the five yeah the five point masteries yeah like the five point masteries don't bug me what bugs me is that that they're five points um they should be one point you know what i mean like you should get one mastery point every five levels, and they, you know what I mean, and they just like, uh, they pop all the way, you know, like nobody. I don't think anybody splits the difference on these masteries where you go two of one and three of another. Uh, it's not transferable. It's not like I can take my points in, you know, the magic pen one at the very, like I, it, it just should be one mastery apiece uh, for all of these things, and we shouldn't have to. Uh, I don't. I mean, this is this is kind of off topic at this point. Um, yeah, I, 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 I think that's. I think I was going to say you don't think. I think some people do split, but I think that's also another level of of you know bad skill, right? Like knowing, like you know, having to have thirty seven room pages so that you have the opt. You know, you know, may, maybe freaking. Uh, I don't know. Jana has two points in one and three points in another, and one point in one and four points in another. 
because that's optimal for her. I, I think that kind of like knowledge is another example of of bad skill needing to tune everything because because ultimately that's also something that that's burden of knowledge more than it is skill I guess. I honestly um, and, think and that, that kind of what thing. they should do with masteries um, is uh, boil them out. It is so uh, for season two, three. I want to say. Uh, for season three, they upped the move speed on literally every champion in the game, um, and they changed um, they changed how boots work a little bit because basically everybody was going uh, boots first item um, during season two because you just needed the moves you know you needed the move speed of level one boots in order to dodge you know skill shots and everything like that um, and so the change that they made to compensate was. Um, they changed around the Doran's items, um, and uh, they upped everybody's move speed so that the crucial, crucial early game move speed of Boots wasn't as crucial. And I think that is a uh, a good example of what they could do with runes. I think that, you know, you know what I mean? You should just bake in the 17 AD that most people run as their AD carry runes onto an AD carry. You should just bake in, you know, the armor runes onto basically everyone because they're the best yellows. Uh, and, and I, and I think, um, I don't know. I think the metagame is valuable. It's not like, it's not like this is an entire win-win, but I think the better version of the game has them, uh, has them bake out runes entirely. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, uh, you you can you can call me a shitter as much as you want, but like, you know, compare. The, I know many. I, I have many friends that have you know a variety of room pages, and I um kind of famously have two. Um, they have flat armor yellows and scaling MR blues and move speed quints, and then attack speed or not attack speed, attack damage or AP reds. Um, and compared to my friends who I know have a lot of who have a lot of those room pages don't make them better than me essentially and i think that's kind of like another level of obfuscation there well that's kind of the thing is that like the the the, like the rune metagame lets you go into games with quote-unquote suboptimal room pages um which is you know not great (laughs) um and i think it's it's kind of a it's almost a noob trap to a certain extent, uh, you know, people who go into matches as with mages with an AD page because they don't have AP runes yet, like that kind of it just sucks. Yeah, or even, even from the the other side of that coin, you know, somebody who goes into a uh, a, a match with a mage with AD runes because they took the wrong rune page by accident. Oh right? yeah, like you I kind mean, of yeah, ruined that twenty minutes of game. One hundred percent, it's the same like the same principle. Uh, yeah. Uh, but to kind of get back on topic, something I, I did want to hit on with, with this kind of good skill, bad skill thing is is um, uh, something that's near dear to my heart, which is which is fighting games, um, which is, is an example of of uh, of a genre with a lot of different skill points, a lot of different knowledge points that are um, in many ways more arcane and harder to understand than uh, than than your typical MOBA. Um, but I would argue that those are examples of uh, of good skill, like that, like those kind of, um, like the kind of interactions with, say, uh, different footsies and how different moves have different priority over one another, is is kind of a fundamental part of that game, and it's uh, uh, it's good there, it's it's good there, Jeez. even with uh, 
Add another. I agree with that. All right. Let's let's hear. Mostly your because, uh, well, I I don't know Street Fighter, and I I know that's kind of the place you're coming from. Uh, I think yeah. a lot of the bullshit that happens in Super Smash Melee, you know, wave dashing and uh, and stuff like that is kind of uh, sure. Um, I I think part of the issue. Well, for so. I will say that um, it is my opinion, the opinion of many people who are much more learned and wiser than me about this, is that Melee has actually the uh, highest execution barrier of any fighting game out there. Um, and I think part of the problem there is not that things like Wave Dash exist, it's that things that Wave Dash were discovered, and Melee was kind of like the game at the end of the era where you could adjust, like that, like the game was not designed around those kinds of things. In fact, it was pretty explicitly designed to not have that kind of technicality to it. And it was also at a point in time where something like releasing an internet update is a thing that, 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 that didn't happen at that point in time. Yeah. Um, and so the game is not balanced around those interactions because, um, because it, it wasn't, it was never intended to be, and and you they couldn't patch them out later, which is which I, I think I understand your point of frustration. I know there's a lot of people out there who love melee and love its its tactical complexity. Um, I think part of the, I think part of the thing there that 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 makes it um, okay for a lot of people and kind of makes fighting games okay and kind of uh, like this level of skill okay in a larger sense is um, this kind of weird interaction where that. Um, Having a tiered champion pool, or a, not champion pool, listen to me, talking in all terms, um, have, having a tiered fighter list is okay because you don't have this kind of natural problem where um, where you can't have two people, like you can have two people playing the same fighter in a fighting game. And so those adva- those, if you end up with a tiered champion pool, assuming that there is not some sort of far and away um, much better... Uh, uh, fighter than than any of the rest of them. It lets you, uh, I, it lets you kind of express that skill in a, in a way that if if there is some kind of inherent advantage, you can you can still play around that if that makes sense. Well, I think uh, the tiered uh, fighter pool is a lot like the uh, difficulty tiered pool in League of Legends, in the sense that you know I might be really great at Street Fighter and you might suck. Or vice versa, probably. Uh, but I can load into the match, pick E Honda, and bear hug you to death because E Honda is really fucking easy. Um, you know what I mean? Like, I think you I, have to. Mm. I think you have to level that playing field to a certain extent because otherwise, the mm. game is. Uh, See, I, I don't think you. I don't think you get. The, I don't think you get this despair. Like, like E Honda isn't particularly easy, or like not even to pick on your particular example. Like, I don't think you have this disparity in skill. Um, in in fighters that you have in MOBAs. Like, I don't think there's an equivalent of a Wukong Whoa. in Street Fighter. Man, I don't agree with that. I 100% think, uh, you know, wow, yeah, I 100% think that there's a huge disparity between high-level players and low-level players. Oh, there's definitely a disparity between high-level players and low-level players. There's no, but there's no disparity. Like, you don't have the same type of disparity in, 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 uh, in, in character, right? Like, there, there is no Wukong equivalent in Street Fighter, right? Like, there's no easy champion, or not easy champion, easy fighter to pick who's, who just doesn't have execution limits. Everybody has, like, um, either the same type of execution limits, whether it's it's with, uh, like, and, and some are, some have harder, say, links, links and combos than others, but there's no, like, you know, there's no person that can throw a fireball by using 
like two buttons instead of a quarter circle. Yeah, I, I, I'm not necessarily saying. Uh, I, I think league is a tough place to talk about it to a certain extent uh, because I think champions like Tarek don't lend themselves to this discussion all that well. Tarek is a low skill ceiling, low skill floor uh, champion, um, and uh, and and but I think the Wukong example, you know, like a platinum player on Wukong is still, you know, he's still better than a level one. Player oh, on sure. Wukong, I, I just. Right? All, uh, all I it's meant just to that say, Wukong is easier than Yasuo. Sure. Right? All, all I meant to stay, say there is that I don't... Fighting games don't, like, you know... You talk about, like, this importance of having a variety of skill level in Champions League. And I agree with you on that. But I think almost every fighter... Or every fighter in um, in Street Fighter and in, most, and in most fighting games has a similar skill floor and skill ceiling. Like I don't, I don't, you you don't get that kind of variety in fighting games in in terms of of of, uh, of skill. I mean, it just doesn't happen. Uh, I don't. I guess I don't know Street Fighter well enough. Yeah, uh, no, but I do know I, other fighting games, and I think it's important in other fighting games. I think uh, there. I think that there's a good reason that you know uh, we could all play. You know, a bunch of middling people can play Smash together, and someone can pick Link. Because the Legend of Zelda is his favorite, and still do okay compared to the guy who's really technical on Fox. You know what I mean? Like, see, I, I think though, I, I think that's like difference in execution. Like, I, I don't think, I, I just don't see those kinds of like, like a dis- specifically disparity in in, in champion difficult. I'm caught again. I'm using champion. Um, because all kind of fighter fighting game characters are built out of kind of this their game specific set of moves. I like. I don't think Link's a in a less technical champion than Fox, um, and vice versa. I think that's kind of like if you're a middling player, you have about the same level of skill, and you can't like. There's no kind of trap to fall into that you have with with League of Legends, right? Like, there's no you can't accidentally pick Azir type of deal. Like I just like I think that's a that's a fundamental difference in the genres. Like, I, like fighting fighting games are built with the assumption that every character is going to have similar skill ceiling and similar similar skill floor, um, and and mobas are not because um, you have a, a much yeah, greater variety much greater variety of ability and, and you know not 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 to to pick on you but I think I think this this is. Uh, um, like a, a more of more of a kind of like knowledge based thing. I, I'm, you know, obviously. Yeah, but I mean, so in in a, in, a, in a fighting game that I know a lot about in Soul Calibur Two, that exists. You know what I mean? Okay, like, sure. Easy yeah, players sure. pick up Talim and they can wreck because first of all, Talim's broken, but second of all, she's a very straightforward person, right? You can pick up Raphael and do his. You know his vertical combo, the one two three hit, and it just does a lot of damage, and it's very straightforward. Uh, or you can be, uh, you know, dude. Players who play like Necrid, Necrid was the weirdest, just the weirdest guy to play. But like Necrid players were really freaking good. You know, uh, players who played uh, champion. Or, well, see now I'm doing it. Um, you know, like, unintuitive uh, uh, fighters like Cervantes. You know, like, Killeek will be 
way easier for anybody to pick up compared to Cervantes. Um, compared to Ivy, you know, Ivy's probably like the best example of this because of how ridiculously convoluted some of her moves are. But a really good Ivy player is, you know, like someone who can who can make the most of that. And so sure, maybe no, I'm no, speaking from my own bias by, by no, no, you're you're, about you're it in absolutely terms right. Of, uh, soul Caliber, but no, 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 you're absolutely right. And there are the the more that I think about it, the more I'm I'm actually off base here, right? Like. I think Street Fighter and Smash, in particular, just because those games came up, are games where the characters are at about all the same level. But I think you're right. Games like Soul Calibur, I think Arena Fighters in general, and then games, uh, anime games like Blast Blue and Guilty Gear also have that kind of um, difference in in skill in in in, in, uh, in, in skill level and um, or ease of use, I guess. Um, where, where the things you need to know, but I, like, I think I'll stand by my statement that Street Fighter and, and Smash are, are built to be that all the fighters are around the same level of skill ceiling and skill floor. I think that that's better for, uh, I think that League specifically designs against that philosophy, sure. which is why, no, absolutely. you know, for instance, I would say that the disparity in League is bigger than the disparity in any of these other fighting games, I, but I do think that it's there, you know what I mean? Like, no matter, no matter, I, I think... The perfectly designed game would have low skill floors, high skill ceilings on everybody. Um, but that's kind of an unrealistic goal. You know what I mean? Like some, some it's just. Yeah. So you can't, there's, it's just impossible to do that on a, on a roster of 25 different guys. Um, I don't know, maybe the perfectly, but you know what I mean? Maybe like the perfectly designed fighting game has yet to come out. Um but yeah. I just—I don't think there's really any. I don't think there's any fighting game. There's any game that can kind of claim. Oh yeah, nothing. Nothing's that, that perfect. Uh, absolutely, especially since we're just as, as funny as it is because we we talk about league patches, you know, day to day. We're really still at the very, especially for fighting games. We're really at the beginning of the, um, the the dawn of the uh, live balance kind of era, right? Like for for a very long, very very long time. Um, games were as balanced as they were on release, and that was it. Um, and maybe you got like you know, like like you know, Street Fighter. Street Fighter Three got second impact and third strike. Um, but uh, you know, and they had some balance changes with them. But like you, that, you know, third strike is the same game it was on release, and will always be the same game it was on release because you you can't, um, you know, like the one the technology wasn't there, and two the that that's kind kind of how it was. Yeah, uh, I don't think this is. Uh, I, don't, I don't think this is unique to fighting games. Oh, it, because it's, it's natural not. to consoles, right? You know, the fact that all of these games are on. You know, everyone knows that the, the pistol in Halo One is OP um, because it, it's the same. It's the same principle. Um, yeah, it's because they're console games instead of uh, you know like hardcore PC games. I, uh, patches I, are much more common. Honestly, I think that so. I think you know even console games were getting it earlier than. Than, than fighting games are, and I think it's it's actually because, um, it's 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 the death of arcades because arcades machines are ones that are never hooked up to the internet. Yeah, that's um, that's fair. Um, but that's that's you know that that's default like you know getting into the minutia of of, of arcade culture, which which I think is you know very, it's very... one of those things I we we could see I like I wanna I would want to have like a full podcast on that. But I just don't know enough about it. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, like, I mean, I, I don't I think I do either. Young, like, yeah, you know. Yeah, especially in America. I think, we, you know, well, we're, we're both the same age, but we were both too young for the to really get into the arcade culture. And we were all, 
Funnily enough, we also grew up in the same area. That's um, true. Well, even when I lived in Japan, it was, uh, you know, the arcade culture was you went to a place. It's kind of like an internet cafe. Um, you went to a place and it had a bunch of fucking TVs with a bunch of, you know, and we sat and we incidentally played Soul Calibur 1, you know, and we sat down at these TVs and played Soul Calibur 1 um, with their, you know, at the time it was a, uh, a Dreamcast Um and that was that was our version of an arcade. Uh, there were regular arcade games, but nobody ever wanted to go over there and actually play the cabinets. We just wanted to play on the couches. But yeah, like we're we're um, the, the kind of wax reminiscent. We're, we're 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 just not the right generation to talk about the death of of of, uh, of arcade culture. Those are people like five to ten years older than us. Yeah, it's probably um, true. Also, I think arcades are just shitty in general. I'll say it. I don't give a fuck. Oof. oof. Because the I bold think, words for Buddy Solak. Because Sola. I, think, I think the, you know, like the coins, uh, that interaction is just terrible. It's just built to rip you off. Um, and uh, I, to be honest, I kind of think um, it's kind of like the, the, it's kind of related to like Nintendo hard, like that. Yes. Thing, you know what I mean? I think of these as being two fundamentally bad things, right, uh, that came out of, you know, the business at the time demanded certain things of game design that were not optimal game design. Um, yeah, I, so I, I'll, I'll, I'll go toe-to-toe with you on, on the goodness of Nintendo hard. Of course you will. Um, of but, course. But, but the, the, this, this is not coming from, like, I think there's a place for super hard games. I think that, that there's a reason why, like, Super difficult platformers have their niche, like uh, super the super meat boys of the world and the money seizes of the world, um, that have like this 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 the, again to call it Nintendo hard kind of difficulty to it. And you're right, in some places it's not appropriate, and definitely in the cases of arcade games, it was it's an attempt to eat your money. Um, well, yeah, and, and well, for arcade games, it's an attempt to eat your money, and for console games, it's an attempt to increase longevity right you know it's i want my game to be played for 20 hours instead of 10 so i'm gonna make it really hard to beat so that you keep failing over and over and over again right i think that that is straight up what it is as far as i'm concerned it's i just think that's fucking terrible I, I uh, and it's one of the reasons of it, that we you know like mm. you know like i i, I think uh <laughs> to talk about skill in the context of, like, single-player games and, like, games as art, I actually think that hard games from, like, an art standpoint are just, like, stupid. Like, you, you should you should have control over that. And the... Oh, wow. So I, I think, like... I don't know. That's... That, that's, that's a, I, I don't know how I feel. I feel like that statement strikes me as extremely wrong. Like, there are... Like, I'm, like, like I, I can't imagine a world where like, it's like, like for for certain genres like platformers, you you can't make that you can't dial down the difficulty of a platformer using like, like there's no dial to adjust there. Like it's like the, the level is as hard as the level is designed, and I, and I would be extremely aggravated if there were no super hard platformers out there because I love that genre. I love that no, kind of... No, su- super hard platformers can exist, right? It's just that you can't... You should be able to control easy, medium, hard, super hard. You know what I mean? Like, that should be... For for every single player game, that should be a part of it. Because as far as I'm concerned, skill, like, that kind of skill for a single player game is just built to... It's it's an aesthetic decision, right? It's There's 
really nothing more to it. And so, but you you, I, you can't to, you can't you can't just that dial on on a platform because that's yeah, all. You, in the, you can that's adjust all in the, the level number design. of mushrooms that spawn on Mario. You can adjust the number of Goombas there are on Mario. Mm. You can you can adjust all of that kind of stuff. Right, but no, no, no. That that's a fundamental change in level design. You you you. Levels in platformers are are not so elastic that you can just turn those dials. Like adding seven more Goombas to the level doesn't make it harder. It just makes it a different level. Like that's you you, you that that's a fundamental misunderstanding of how platformers work. I I don't think that those things. I think that players having extra lives in in platformers is a fix. I'm not a I, I, okay. Listen, so I'm sure, like, I, I, I I'm not I'm not a hardcore you know platform game designer. I'm just saying out there somewhere there is someone who is and someone who should think about it uh, and and be able to implement a system like that. Because super hard, super hard games, uh, like I, I, from a game to our perspective, it's just an aesthetic thing. As far as I'm concerned, I don't see anything else besides that. I mean, I don't know. I, I also don't know how you, how you would, how you talk about platform. I don't know how you talk about platformers as as games as art because it's like like everything in a platformer is in its level design. Like that is is the epitome of of a level design game. Or, or, or what platformers are, and that that's all in there. And you, like, you can't you can't make the game like the the only way to make the game easier is to have like a set of easier levels and say, well, if you don't want anything harder than that, then then you don't play the other set of levels. Um, um, I mean, may, maybe to kind of get into this, um, if we want to want to go back to our our, our favorite topic of, of Ludo narrative dissonance, I think that this is. <laughs> This is actually part of the problem with, with with Braid. Um, I I I, uh, I feel that Braid, which has received many accolades, is is nothing special, and I think that's because that the the most interesting parts, like Braid, has some interesting platforming and some interesting story, but those two things exist in two completely different universes from one another. Like there is nothing in the game, uh, in the platforming of Braid, that that influences the story of that game. And I think that's because platforming fundamental platforming games fundamentally don't have, um, like, like they, it's all about their, their levels. I mean, they don't really have, uh, like the story is by its nature going to be told in between pieces or as like kind of background dressing on, on a set of jumps, um, and kind of like in, in Thomas was alone type fashion. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, well, so I think platformers have in general been pretty shitty from that perspective uh, compared to lots of other games that have adopted the more, uh, I, the, the other stuff that I think makes this all, you know, this all work better. Oh, um, man, uh, I, I just, I just don't I think, think there, I think there's, I think there's something good to, like, I think that there's probably a good platformer out there with, like, a good story and, like, whatever, but... Most of them are just an excuse to platform, which to me is what 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 is that even? That's that it. I mean, it's, it's it's a game. That's right? a guy. Like, that's a guy washing his pink car with us. You know, he's waxing it for forty five minutes. That kind of bullshit. It's, it's, I mean, but 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 it's 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 you know the satisfaction of mastery, right? Like that's. That's that's the point. Yeah, right? that's like, empty. It, that it, is you. First of all, I can get that with other games. Second of all, that is a completely empty, fleeting feeling. It is it is tied to 
it's it is meaningless catharsis you know what i mean like i i disagree entirely with that the sense of accomplishment you can get from from beating a super tough game is is as is as fleeting as any catharsis i got from like seeing like playing mass effect 2 like i i feel more accomplished for having beat uh, money sees that I have, that I felt for for beating Mass Effect two. Yeah, but a, a narrative thing is always going to fall in and out of people's tastes, right? Like that's to be expected. I was particularly moved by Mass Effect two, and I'm particularly moved by plenty of other games. You know, from here to Timbuktu, right? Like, uh, but sure. there are definitely narrative games that I play that don't hit me. You know, they don't they don't hit me square and, in that spot in the sure, same way. So my, my my point is is less that like you know there is there is a there is a victory to be had from beating something that's difficult that you can't get from just a pure story perspective. Like it, it, it's it's maybe it's back. Maybe it's a single player I, version it, it, of, of games as sport. It's not a. It's not a. It's not a pure story perspective. It's both, right? The, your, Mass Effect Two has to be difficult, right, in order for you to because it's an aesthetic. This is what I mean by it's an aesthetic thing. It has to be difficult because the mission that you're on is difficult, right? Like you preparing yourself to go on this crazy difficult suicide mission, and that having that being hard and that being a challenge for you is a mirror to that being hard and that being a challenge for Shepard, right? That's the aesthetic part of this. You know what I mean? That's the. I don't part think of that's true because Mass Effect level. Two isn't hard. That's not it a hard game. It can't be hard. Have you played it on insane? Have you played it on even um, if you just play it on hard? Right? It, I actually, Mass Effect Two and most Bioware games are a great example of this. I just recently rebeat Mass Effect Two for like the fourth time on insane, and the only way that you can do that, like the not the only way, but the very best, the most efficient path right is you have to rely on your squad members uh in order to combo your powers together right you need sure. to pick someone up with pull in order to cc them and then knock them back with concussive shot in order to slam in the wall into the wall for tons of damage or you know you need to use incinerate because incinerate is the only thing that burns through this guy's armor and then you, you need to use disruptor ammo because that's the only thing that gets through his shield sure right? and that and that first of all that stuff reinforces the rest of the narrative of the game which is you need to gather a team and work together with your team in order to save the fucking galaxy right um and it also makes the game that much harder it makes the game that much more difficult i mean dragon wait, age wait, 2 wait, is wait, like the epitome of this but, 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 wait, 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 wait. i want to stop you for a second because th- doesn't this go explicitly against against what you just said which is you should be able to to dial like the difficulty on a game that you need to be able to spin those wheels because ultimately the single player experience is about experiencing the game. Yeah, Maybe but I'm I don't want I don't want to put somebody who just walks into Mass Effect 2 on insane and have them run their head into the wall 40 fucking times and then put it down, right? Some people are naturally you know, I I've played plenty of third person cover based shooter RPGs, so Mass Effect 3 being played on insane is not that big a thing, right? But when my girlfriend who doesn't play these kinds of games or whatever, she finds normal the same amount of challenging that I find insane. And so she needs to be able to ha- you know what I mean? That's why it should be a choice. Um, and where you can scale it up and scale it down as per your needs or tastes or whatever. I think there's, first of all, I think there's zero shame in, you know, playing to your skill level. Uh, and second sure. of all, I think that that's, that's just important for these, for these games when it comes to like games as art. I, it's, it's skill, skill level is just a narrative or not a narrative. It is an aesthetic thing. 
Uh, can you define that for me? Because because I like the, like you, you keep it's saying something you use. It's something you use in order to texture the game in a different way, right? Um, you know, other other aesthetic things. I, I, an easy aesthetic thing for like games is, uh, you know, the game people call it game feel, but I like kinesthetics better. It is the sense of you know the the, the controller in your hands, right? Games with really snap, you know, like first-person shooters that feel better in your hands. I like from like on. I'm thinking from like on console, right? Sure. You know, Destiny. The fact that these guys made all of these Halo games meant that when Destiny comes out, they just had they had it calibrated. Yes, it, it, fe- right? it feels that just amazing. Feels yes. good. You know what I mean? It feels good to hit a headshot. Right. And it looks good. And those are all aesthetic things that are built to elicit that response in you. Right. That it feels good to do these things. But there are also things that are like you, you can have aesthetics in the other like in the other direction. Right. Like Far Cry 2 had uh, had ridiculously imprecise weapons that would like break on you all the time. But that was because aesthetically that game was about you know, the kind of chaos. I mean, that game was just about chaos in general. And so the idea that you could fire a rocket launcher and it spins off radically in some direction, you know what I mean? Like, that's all That's all part of the game uh, and part of the experience of being in war-torn Africa where you can't, you know, recognize friend from foe. I don't know. That's how I, that's, that's how I feel about that stuff. <laughs> I mean, that, uh, I don't know. I, I just... I just kind of take great offense to, to, to what you said maybe, maybe it was like 15 minutes ago at this point when you said that like beating a hard platformer is an empty experience. I, I think that that's just kind of like a gross misrepresentation of what that genre is, is, is about, which is about like mechanical mastery of, of, of a particular set of movements and a particular set of levels. And and you have uh, – there's, there's a great feeling of accomplishment when, when, when you beat those levels. So I think that that this qualifies the more games as sport to me than it does games as that that's a very sport thing. I think that you know winning a game of League of Legends that's a you know that's a real experience and working together with my team you know that's a that's sure. a real experience right and it's the same it's the same principle right but I don't think of that as art that's not art you know what I mean like oh. <sighs> I'm about to say, please define art, which I know is like, because <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, like I, I, I just, I, I just can't like, I, maybe not can't, but like, I don't know. I, I just, I, 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 I have trouble understanding your perspective on on that particular notion. I, I, I guess. I think, I mean, art, art, I think, is about profundity. You know what I mean? And it's about, I mean, like, the dictionary definition here is is going to talk about Oof. aesthetic you, you, you want to read off the dictionary No, I mean, that's literally, I, I'm sure I, well, yeah, I'm about to look it up and I'm about to be wrong. But I, I'm sure it has something to do with aesthetic beauty, right? Um, oh, huh. Uh, so Google Card says, uh, the expression or application of human creative skill and imagination Typically in a visual form, such as a painting or sculpture, producing works to be appreciated primarily for their beauty or emotional power. And that's exactly what it is, right? I think that 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 care, but like to me, the important thing is kind of that like profundity, right? Um, where uh, you know, it's really satisfying to beat. I'm trying to. I, I guess I just don't play like any of these kinds of games. 
That's how that's, that's how, is that how this well, shakes you know out. What I mean, like, oh, man, see, because some of these, some of these are kind of, um, some of these are kind of half and half. You know what I mean? Kind of like how dancing is like, like you know, dance is like half sport, but also half art. You know, it's like it's the same kind of thing um, with something like civilization. You know what I mean? Like beating beating a game of civilization. You know, like. That's a, that's a profound feeling, but I also think civilization is kind of uh, like almost the poster child of like, uh, you know, you we might call that emergent gameplay uh, of like you know emergent storytelling, um, because if no no whoever whoever has played civilization before right they can tell me the story of what happened to their civilization right like where it goes from beginning to end um and and that's that's that story that story and the emotions that are elicited at that story right crucially beating this siege back or what you know what i mean like those are those are real emotions that's art right it's in the same way that it's you know well, whatever. That's emotion. That's that's art in the same way that it, it is like in Mass Effect Two when uh, I right. you so, beat this highly, highly tailored mission, right? Sure, but, but so if if you're allowed to project that kind of like feeling onto onto something that that's unstructured, like a civilization mission, why 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 is it why are you not allowed to project those types of emotions on, onto something like a, a match of League of Legends or or beating a level in in, in a platformer? I think you can, but I don't think. I've, I mean, I, I just don't think that most platformers, like, fulfill that. Because a, a part of that is, um, I mean, this is also, so, it's also talking, like, good art, bad art kind of thing. Like, platformers are built for their, you know, like, these kinds of platforms you're talking about are built from the, you know, the sport down to the art and so that half of it doesn't necessarily come through, right? Are you really feeling accomplished because you res- rescued Peach from the castle or because you hit the flag with the highest score? You know, like, that's that's a question. And I think we can sure. all agree that the story in Mario is just window dressing, basically, right? Like, that's not, it's not, you know, it's not good. It's not a good story, Um and uh, and there are plenty of civilization games that aren't good stories, right? But that's just kind of the nature of it when you when you give players a bunch of systems and say have at it, rather than handpicking them spec ops the line. Sure. By the way, the same thing is true in in other emerging games like Minecraft, right? That's just a bunch of systems, and you you just have to kind of fill in the blanks. But the blanks that you fill in likely or not, will probably end up as a story. This is another uh, This is another time when I wish we had a camera. That way the viewers at home could see me squinting at, at the imaginary camera and being like, <laughs> hmm, do I buy this? I don't... Uh, I, uh, this is part of the thing where all games have narratives by necessity right like league of legends has that too and and it's the and it's more there in league than it is in rocket league for instance because at least in league you're playing a character you know what i mean um and so there's at least kind of like narrative dressing on top of your Um, well well obviously you haven't done any of the things where you jump outside the map 
and explore the civilization that was clearly built around Rocket League as a sport and the fall of that civilization. Yeah, yeah I guess you're right. I haven't done that. For no, Rocket I mean, I mean, even if that is is really the case, that's 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 meta game information. So I guess uh, that that's that's another. Uh, I think that's another another episode at some point is like at what point like at what point does like like is is the story part of the game is the story part of like you know hinted exterior things type of deal maybe it's not an episode maybe it's just a couple minutes but uh, but I, th- I think you know like when you know when we talk about games as sport skill is really important because that's what sure. sport is, right? It's, right, absolutely. It's competitive, and it's a it's a measure of that stuff. Even single player stuff, right? My skill at golf, you know, that's still a sport, even though it's a single player sport, uh, kind of fundamentally. Um, and the time, tr- you know what I mean? This is this is how speedrunners th- compete. Um, and I think it's telling that you know speedrunning games, you know, like a lot of speedrunning games are these kinds of high execution platformers. Um, but. Uh, Okay, so I, when, gonna, when we're talking about games as art, right? Like, I don't think skill factors into it any more than as as an aesthetic decision. Okay, so I, I've I've got a question for you then, because you brought up this this point where like, which 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 I might buy, which is essentially that, um, you know, games as uh, sorry, um, games like uh, that, the difficulty of Mass Effect Two. Is, is 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 intrinsic to the story of that game because it's supposed to be a, a struggle for Shepard, yes? Yeah. Okay. I, I I can I mean that's that is literally one to one for lots of things, but yeah, in this example specifically. Yeah, so sure. so so what about a, a game where it's where for the character it's supposed to be a kind of not so difficult task, but it's 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 difficult for you as the player because that that's the point of the game. Uh, I can't think of an example. Um, I think I think the other half of this is stuff let, like but you, um, go for well, it. Like like the quick time events in The Walking Dead only show up at you know like super high tension moments, right? the re- The rest of that game is low tension. It's not difficult. Uh, it's not difficult in a skill sense to choose which dialogue option to take. You know what I mean? Like. Sure. Well, so so let's uh, maybe maybe an example of this is something like uh, um, this is like some something like Devil Stern, or maybe more 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 generically like a James Bond game, right? Like James Bond is supposed to do all of these missions with a cool head, um, and very you know rel- what's, a, what's projected as relative relative ease um, for a lot of it. Like even when he's in danger, he's still kind of like uh, a badass that doesn't seem to be too perturbed by what's happening around him. But the difficulty in in a James Bond game can get very difficult to where you as the player are very hectic and frantic, even if the projected James Bond is not. Uh, yeah, but I mean that's that sounds to me like a criticism of that James Bond game. I mean, I don't really. Think I mean, uh, licensed uh, films games are all that great to begin with, right? I mean, but, Goldeneye is considered one of one of the the formative multiplayer games of of our. Yeah, but that multiplayer game is is good as sport. Is it good as art? I don't think so. The single player in GoldenEye, I think, actually is pretty good in general. Uh, in GoldenEye, I do remember those. Uh, I remember those missions being pretty it- in line uh, because you know a lot of them were were kind of stealthy, uh, and a lot of them were a lot about um, you know the 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 difficulty in the in the uh, in the GoldenEye games was built around optional objectives, right? Like you had to the, the, in order to be get like the double O agent rating for each mission you undertook. Um, 
you had to do more and more uh, difficult tasks or whatever. Um, so you know, there's that part of it. Sure, but but that that's my point, right? Like there there are difficult things for you as the player, but they're not supposed to be difficult things for James Bond the character. Even difficult things. Okay, so even difficult things for me the player um, are difficult things to do and i still do them marcus phoenix is an indomitable badass but it's still hard for him to you know beat 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 whoever he has sure no 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 but but marcus phoenix is 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 a dip like marcus phoenix is supposed to be having a tough time right like they're in in this kind of like james bond is, is also supposed to be having a tough time i don't think he's walking down the park he's having an easier time than i would have that's part of the narrative of that character that like he's he's a badass that's kind of great at the things that he does yeah and he still does all of those like crazy missions james bond is probably a better expression of some of these first person uh shooter heroes than anybody else is but i don't think it's supposed to be e- i mean so okay here's the bottom line if it is supposed to be that easy then that's poor game design on the james bond part right you know that this specific subset of that game is not uh, is not used to its fullest because it's not used to aesthetically match. But so, uh, and, so, so and then, further then, then the timbre for, of this experience. So, so you, th- you think that like then there's 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 rather a, there, a game where the character is 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 uh, of the nature where the things that he is doing is not supposed to be difficult for him, or like he's supposed to be a super badass. And you're just and and you you know the 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 character is kind of disconnected from the skill of the game. Those games are always bad, and that no, every the, I'm not the, the games or still rather be good that the art of that game is is always bad. Or, even the art of that game can be good. You know, it's just imperfect, right? Even the art of those games can be good, even though the the design doesn't this the design of the difficulty system specifically doesn't support it. There are bad movies with I mean, there are good movies with bad cinematography, right? You know, there are good movies with bad editing, good movies I, I, I with bad dialogue. Like, you know what I mean? This is just a subset of the this is just a subset oh, okay. of the so, overall experience. And yeah, sure, maybe the difficulty level isn't as finely tuned as it as it should be uh, to create the appropriate experience. Uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's it's so. Bad. So, so my, my gut is telling me that this is wrong, and that's be and, and just to, to kind of clue you in as to why I feel that that's the case. My gut tells me that's wrong because that means that every every great game has to be a game where the hero is struggling. There's no room for 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 a different character. In, in, in I, that I don't case. think that that's necessarily. I don't think that's necessarily. Or or or, or rather, well, okay, actually, or rather that, there, that, that every that. every game, every, like the only way to avoid that flaw that you're talking about is to have a game where the hero is struggling essentially yeah but that's just the nature of all stories ever you can't have any you know what i mean you can there are there are every story is about overcoming difficulties ever like you know and and some of those difficulties are you know fucking saving private ryan oh gotta you know we're eight men against the entire ss battalion you know what i mean this sometimes it's that difficulty sometimes it's the difficulty of you know we're a bunch of frat guys and we want we want to get we want to bang chicks you know like those are those are 
Those are still overcoming obstacles in order to get there. Sure, I mean, but like, there, there's over like, like it isn't like to, to you know you you you're a little bit more into it than into the comics than, than I am. But aren't the crux of a lot of Batman comics kind of like this aha moment where like the the Justice Plan comes out and like you know it, it's not really like like the the everything's been planned out already, right? Like like the the you know the struggle isn't in the like even when the, when the cards are down right the struggle isn't in the moment right like because every like you know it's, it's just as planned as having explain your laughter cackling uh, buddy that is uh so i think that's mostly a meme what, what you're describing what you're describing okay. is the meme that like batman so okay okay this is really what's going on in the comics batman beats everybody why? Because he's the most popular character. It's the same reason why in Marvel, Spider-Man beats everybody. Spider-Man goes toe-to-toe with the Hulk, and he wins because, you know, he's the most popular Ma- character. Max Landis actually has, has a, a nice video on this that came out recently. I don't know if you've seen it. I haven't, but uh, well, I'm sure... Uh, it, it's essentially, you know, who would win... Uh, whoever you fucking want to, because these characters don't really exist. And this is exactly Who would what win Doctor right? Octopus so, um, versus Oliver Twist? Well, Probably Oliver Twist. <laughs> so because, <laughs> so because Batman is the most popular character, right? But he is so, but he's, he's so fundamentally powerless in comparison to Superman that the only way that like ridiculously hyper rational continuity obsessed nerds can like reconcile the cognitive different dissonance that you're explaining is this kind of trope that quote-unquote batman is always prepared right and he's you know and he thinks like so much faster than everybody else and that's why you know that's why he can always beat uh you know whoever he has to beat uh but yeah i mean every story every story ever um batman is still you know what i mean like Batman is still overcoming obstacles in order to get there. And in, in game design terms, those obstacles are represented by difficulty level, right? Um, and, in, you know, and, and that's what, that's just true. And, and part of this, so part of this is also about where the POV character is. Um, for instance, uh, Sherlock Holmes mysteries are not hard for Sherlock Holmes himself to figure out. Right, but that's why Sherlock Holmes mysteries are told from the perspective of Doctor Watson. Watson yeah. Right, if you told the perspective from Sherlock Holmes, he would have figured it out in the first two fucking seconds. Right, you know, and that's not interesting. That's not a story. Right, and so there's a reason that we focus on Watson instead of focusing on Sherlock Holmes. Um, if there was ever a really good, you know, Sherlock Holmes game uh, that had you know great difficulty uh, assigned to it, part of that would be decoupling the character from the inner workings of Sherlock Holmes his mind right um and you know i think that you could 100 do that you could 100 do that and still have sherlock holmes be the controlled character because there are sure it'd uh, be like a puzzle game of yeah some, exactly some sort. it would be like it would be a puzzle game of some sort but you're trying to figure out what your own character already knows um i just, yeah i think it's uh i think it's doable yeah that is uh that is how i feel of that is how no, i feel sure, about sure. So, but, but, game I, design I think, from an I, I think, standpoint I think... I think that's actually a, a, a good example to kind of like examine a little bit closer, right? Like, um, so so like th- this theoretical Sherlock Holmes game where your character is it, it's easy, for, like you know Sherlock Holmes, the 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 seat that you are driving, um, knows more than the player does. Like, so so you're saying that like because the difficulty is all on the player, then that that's that's an imperfect system that ideally, um. 
the the, the the character would be struggling as much as the player is? Well, not necessarily. Uh, Sherlock Holmes is still overcoming obstacles. He just sees them coming. Okay, so, so you know what I mean? oh, but, okay. So but the thing is, is uh, but so the, the the other thing is, um, I think you could, you know, the, the the one that pops into my head is I like a Sherlock Holmes game. It's kind of like L.A. Noir, but instead of going up to every clue and like turning it over in your hands, like, hmm, I wonder, oh, I wonder what this means. He's like turning over these posters. He's like, why the fuck am I looking at these posters? <laughs> right? Like, I think that would actually be really funny, and you know, that would be an interesting way to kind of play out the because we are very used to being our uh, the, our POV character characters and these kinds of things but yeah i mean it, the 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 kind of the perfect sherlock's home game would probably be you playing as watson following sherlock holmes around and trying to you know trying to figure it out or sherlock Holmes tells you to go somewhere and you have to figure out why the, why did he tell me to go you know what i mean like i think that would be uh probably the see the, the I, I, perspective i i feel like you know like that theoretical game it would feel like shit because at the end of the day, you're just figuring out what the, what what you know the hero has already figured out. You're just do like, you oh, feel like, I mean, do you feel like shit when you read Sherlock Holmes stories? I no, don't. but that's, I, that's that, but that's because the... but that's because I'm not playing uh, I'm not playing Sherlock Holmes the book. I'm reading it right. Like I'm like the the the, the perspective is fundamentally different in there. I'm not taking. I'm not you know. I'm not holding the book in my hands and like shaking it in an attempt to solve the mystery. Right, like that. Like I'm reading the story of somebody else solving the mystery. I, sure, I have, the I have no. But the, the Sherlock Holmes thing is still built around uh, you getting all of the information that Sherlock did, and it's a race against time if you can put it together before he reveals it all in the third act. Right. That's that's the core. That's just the core, you know, cycle that that comes with with a Sherlock Holmes thing. And so it's the same thing in, in gameplay that's, terms. That's 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 not true, though, right? Like, like a lot of I mean, the, funny, a lot of Sherlock like Holmes' revelations suspense, are not but... described. But like, a lot of reading Sherlock Holmes is not trying to guess it before Sherlock Holmes does, because a lot of what Watson, a lot of the details that Sherlock Holmes relies on to solve the case are not revealed by Watson because Watson doesn't think to note them down, right? Like Watson doesn't notice. Like the fact that the that the young man's clothes are pressed, which indicates that he is married. Um, well, fair enough. I, I I also agree with that, but I also think Sherlock Holmes is partially a procedural from that standpoint. Right, but, but, but I think that's the fundamental. Like you know, if, if we were to play this, your your theoretical perfect Sherlock Holmes games where you're playing as Watson, it's like there's no stakes because Watson's just for his own amusement trying to figure out what's happening before uh, Sherlock actually solves the case. Like, I don't know. I, well, I like, don't like, see why that doesn't. Uh... Because in 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 that game world, your actions don't matter. In that, like you know, if Watts doesn't figure it out in time, Sherlock still has, and there's no consequence, right? Like from a story perspective, um, right? Like even if you have a well, timer that runs out and says you lose because you didn't figure it out in time. You, as a character, don't feel bad because that just means that Sherlock solved it before you figured it out. Yeah, but there are other there, there are other ways to make that work. Which are, there there are other reasons why Sherlock Holmes works, right? Like the modern the modern Sherlock, the the Benedict Cumberbatch Martin Freeman one, uh, works because 
first of all, it's kind of half procedural, but it's also about their friendship, right? You know, it's also about the emotional stakes of them being friends. That's that's what, you know, a, another modern interpretation of Sherlock Holmes would be House, right? Uh, but, the, you know, like, the big defining thing in House are all of these questions about morality and all of these things with the interplay between the three young doctors. Sure, but... The, what, but you know what that, I mean? You can, but, you can build stakes in other places. It doesn't necessarily have to sure, have Sure, but does that, tr- does that translate well into a game? Like, like I, I, I just don't... I, like I'm, I am having trouble. Envi- I am having trouble, and I, I suspect that you you can't create this, this this theoretical game you're talking about, where the like where as a game this succeeds. Like like I can see this succeeding as a television show or as a novel, but I think the 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 nature of the medium makes it not work as a game. Well, so that might be that might be true. And here's why. Because the reason that you can play these kinds of games with Sherlock Holmes and stuff is because you can decouple your protagonist from your POV character. Sure. And that's a very, very tough thing to do in games because generally – because – so this is this is part of – this like loops back into everything else. Um, the player is also the protagonist, right? And so if you, the player – are playing Watson the specifically not the supporting character because you need the Watson POV in order to make the Sherlock Holmes, who you do not play and you do not control, um, work, right? That's tougher. But I don't think it's impossible. I think that you could do that. Um, And I think that... I'm sure that an example of this does exist somewhere. Uh, I just haven't necessarily thought of it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Actually, a good one might be, uh, well, see, that doesn't even work, too. Well, an okay one uh, is Soap from, uh, you know, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, because the entire time you're following uh, that super badass captain who's telling you what to do the whole time, right? And so, and that game, I mean, so that game kind of doesn't count, because it's not like the super badass captain is the the protagonist or whatever. Um, Sure, and uh, you, you still have to, like, you know, there's still, like... The success of the mission still that that uh, still depends on the execution of your character, right? Like if yeah. if if he fails to do things, then there, there's still bad stuff that happens. Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't have a good example, but that's the principle it plays. How coupled the the point of view is to the protagonist in games when it's not that that coupled that harshly coupled in uh, in other media. Okay, I, I just, like, just, just to kind of, like, to, to close out and, and summarize my point, I just find it hard to, hard to believe that, uh, effectively, like, that whenever you play a character that is, is like, a, a, a masterful character, you're going to have a flawed game, essentially, in, in some no, way. No, that's, that's, not, that's not what it is. Well, I mean, some of so, these things so, so are... So either, either you're flawed because... Your, even a character still has obstacles to overcome. Sure, sure, he has. He's, he's up, but like the, the the difficulty, the difficulty of like, you're either, you're either going to fail because or not fail, but like be imperfect because either either you're going to in, imperfectly represent that character's struggle. Or like your 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 struggle is not going to match the character's struggle. Like the, 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 there's some sort of, or or you just can't play that character. Like there, there's some sort of disconnect there that has to happen by by the rules that you've set up. I just uh, I don't think that's what Mary Sue is. 
a masterful character who doesn't have to struggle with anything is, is a Mary Sue. Well, I mean, has to struggle. They have to have uh, flaws. That's that's what makes them. So that's what uh, makes compelling protagonists compelling, and that's why their stories but, are always about overcoming obstacles. So, so a Mary Sue is an example of a character that, that that doesn't have like doesn't have to like. Hmm. So, there's a character that goes through an emotional struggle that doesn't that that like like again I'm going to bring up Devil Stirred, which I'm sure you haven't played because um, no one's played that game. I, I watched I watched a let's play of it. But like the character is the that character struggle is in the emotional aspects, um, for the most part. Like he is supposed to have like to to be he he's uh, to give you context. He's essentially a a super agent. He's next like KGB type, um, and you know dispatching enemy soldiers is not supposed to be difficult to for him. The difficult the the, the obstacle that he surmounts is this kind of um, emotional. These emotional obstacles he encounters as he goes toe to toe with the ex- with the members of the team he was part of. Okay, so th- uh, through this example, I think we'll we'll hit it. I think the answer there is to tune the difficulty down, because the di- the, the difficulty being tough makes sense for Shepard when it when his thing is tough, right? The difficulty for this guy should be easy. He should walk through this game. It should be a cakewalk, right? And the hard parts of that game should be, hypothetically, like the hard parts of games like The Walking Dead where I agonize about the dialogue choices I'm making, not about how many times I fail at whatever. You know what I mean? That, that this is where you, difficulty, the concept, is an aesthetic choice. And that includes easy shit, right? And if you want to make your shit easy to reinvent, yeah, th- that character wants his shit, his 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 shooting guys to be easy because that reinforces the character of this is easy for uh, him. So Do you I'm, see what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm, I'm, it's it's funny because I'm, I'm just I'm just imagining like you know like like a very easy shooter, but when he comes to like an emotional point, like you've got this very difficult quick time event when you're mashing the X button to like be as like emotionally invested as possible. Well, um, I mean, this is why I think this is what I think of as uh why those like Walking Dead games were really good. Are really good. I think all these because, yeah, because, because they they in, they invest in the pathos of these characters. Um sure. so that that's where you can uh you know, you can twist the knife. I think hey, I think uh, so, so, the so, Bioware so, games do a good job of this too, by the way, like Sure. Uh, um, so I I think what you're kind of getting at is that like the canonical version of this game is the is the one with the, the difficulty set on easy, and then like if you want to come back and play that game on hard for like sport reasons, that's its own thing. But like the 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 perfect version of the of of the art of this game is is where is where the the, the gun combat's easy. Yeah, and I and and th- I, th- that also kind of applies to these platformers. I don't think the platformer, you know what I mean? Like these, when I say these platformers aren't very good art or whatever, I they, that does make them good skill. You know what I mean? I think those games as skill games, as these the games as sport games, uh, they're they're doing they're doing great. You know, they're nailing it right. Uh, sure, they're just not they're not super art games. That's not what they're there for, and that's fine. You know, I don't think that's a huge deal. Okay. Um, 
But uh, anyway, so now that we've spent the forty-five minutes it's talking <laughs> about not not, not I'm actually really I'm actually really about. glad though because I really liked that uh, I really like explaining these kinds of things because I think about these I think about games and really yeah I mean we both you know that, that, <laughs> that's why we make the podcast that's why know? we make the podcast but yeah I guess we're yeah. uh, I guess that we're good to go yeah um, um, just I don't it, know if this hmm? what. Oh, I was going to say, what did you want to say? I was going to say that uh, uh, that we uh, are starting Hell's Rebels this week, but then I was like, well, I c- we might not have the podcast out by that point, so. Yeah, that's a good point. So, um, uh, I mean, let's, I mean, it'll let's, be, let's it'll assume be it gets next done week. in a timely yeah. fashion, it'll be, right? it'll, it'll also be done next week. It'll just, hey, next Wednesday, we will be playing Hell's Rebels. Yeah. Whether or not that's the 10th is kind of up in the air. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, in, in case you thought you missed it, we didn't play last week because I was not in the same time zone as anybody else, so you didn't miss any Rise of the Rune Lords. Um, Iron Gods is over. Hell's Rebels is starting up. Um, and maybe at some point Shadowrun will start up. Uh, lots more details in the the not too distant future Um, and was there anything else you wanted to mention Um, uh, uh, are you going to be streaming XCOM on the channel anytime soon Oh man, I totally should. Probably when I do this, uh, this uh, other talking about games as uh, as skill and difficulty level. um, I uh, yeah, I probably if I do this second campaign that I was talking to you about. Uh, earlier in the cast, then probably. Okay. I, I will stream that version of it. Um, and and as as a tease, I think we're planning on when it comes out doing a a a stream of the uh, of of a co op version of Total Warhammer, right? Yeah, I one hundred percent like I a million okay. percent want to do that. Okay. Um, because I God, I want that game so bad. No, that would be great. Um, what do you know? What race you're thinking of playing? Or uh, probably human. Uh, okay. And I was thinking of dwarfs, so that would make for a great, a, a great co-op campaign. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, I plan on playing as Emperor Karl Franz first. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So uh, we've got that to look forward to. So you can email us if you think that we're one of us is crazy or both of us are crazy or none of us are crazy at some derp some derps play game at gmail dot com. That's some derps play games at gmail dot com. You can watch us at twitch.tv slash some derps play games. There will be links in the description to both of those things, as well as links to our Twitters and uh, our Facebook group and all the things. Um, Please tweet at me about my opinions on fucking, you know, <laughs> difficulty as an art aesthetic. Oof. I would love that. <laughs> uh, please tweet at me about hamburgers. I like hamburgers. Um, and, uh, I, I think that's about it. Anything else you wanted to, to talk about? No, I guess, uh, I guess we've, I've, we've hit the nail on the head. Um, we've hit yeah. some nail on the head. Maybe, some maybe not the, the nail that we were aiming at when we not started the, the podcast. The specific one. But, <laughs> but we, you know. we have driven a nail into a board of wood somewhere. Um, until next time, dear listeners. Uh, farewell. <laughs> <laughs>